0: Hello, friends. I'm your host, Chris Thrull, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T shirt podcast.
1: Dave, how are you, mate? Great, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Ah, that's my absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm enthralled to be here. Good, that's what we like. I'm, I'm trying to think who we've got to thank for putting us in touch. I, I'm i sorry, folks at home. I, I honestly get so many messages this day, I can't yeah. remember.
1: Ronnie, Rocket Ronnie.
0: Ah, yes, of course. My
1: in Thailand.
0: Yes, thank fantastic you.
1: Fantastic bloke. Very nice bloke, yeah.
0: And so, Dave, let's... just. Start off, you, you, you've been in, in the wars a little bit recently,
1: yes. Yeah, so it all started, Chris. I'll let yeah. you and the followers know it all started in when COVID hit Thailand. I was living in Thailand, I was there 21 years, had a great life, and then suddenly COVID hit and it wiped out my business. I had no clients left because I was doing photography. I was doing photo shoots, I was blogging, you know, I had a website, so people would at bars and restaurants would advertise on that, and it all dried up. As soon as COVID hit, it was a nightmare, and I had to get out fast. So my family said, get out now, and I just got on, my, my friend booked me a flight, and I was out of there, sadly, but that's the way it goes. That was April 2020. And then I got back to England and I was just starting to get used to, well, that's my Thailand adventure over. Now I'm back in England. I was just getting used to England again after we got out of the lockdown. And then I had the, uh, I had the AstraZeneca vaccine and I got a horrendous fever from that. Horrendous. It lasted three weeks, Chris. My, my left foot swelled up, came up like a balloon. My sister looked at it, she just said, she went ballistic. She just went 999, ambulance, I was rushed into hospital. Peterborough City Hospital. They attempted, before operations, to try and save my foot. And in the
0: end, I lost my leg. Gosh, that's... It's, it's hard to give that the magnitude it deserves, it, you know, over the internet, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what you've just been through is... It would be four. most people's worst nightmare. I had four operations, 10 weeks in hospital. Mm. I'm out now. I'm guessing the medical community are never going to um, consider the fact that it might have been, might have been due to this uh, procedure.
1: Yeah, basically, they just said, um, ha- very hard to prove, hard for it to be connected, but come on. There's nothing wrong with me. I had doctors had balanced my diabetes, I was on oral medication, they got it right, there was nothing wrong with me, there's nothing wrong. I, had, I do admit that I had three toes on my left foot, had been amputated in Thailand, I do admit that, but they had fully healed. This was far, over five years ago, Chris, mm. and they were fully healed. There wasn't anything wrong with me, as far as I know. And, they, and, and if, if it wasn't the vaccine, then how do you explain this horrendous fever that lasted three weeks? Man, I thought I was nearly dying. <laughs> That's what you know, I was just unlucky. That's all.
0: Yeah, it's it it's um oh. but up until
1: this, Chris, I'd like just like to say for all your followers, I've had a fantastic life up until this. I had a really which we no doubt we'll explore, mate, won't we?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about that. And um, I just wish you well with all all the other. Thanks, Chris. All the other stuff. You're obviously um, putting a very robust face on it, which is all we can do in such situations. Um, yeah, but that's me, Chris,
1: and you'll find out why when you you know, learn a bit more about me. Yes. How did you get into the martial arts? Right. Yeah. As a I'm, I'm a small town boy, um, my mum and dad didn't, I didn't have much money, I was bullied as a kid, so I wasn't anything special at all, I was quite timid. Even you wouldn't think so now, the way I talk hind legs off a donkey. <laughs> my teacher said well, he, he, he seems a bit withdrawn, you know. but uh, then basically what happened? I said to mum, I said, mum, I'm fed up with the Boy Scouts. I said, I can't stand, we can't stand the leader and he wants to throw my mate out. I want to leave. So she said, okay, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, let's go to the YMCA because it's an open day. I had no idea what was there, but I thought, my mate said, join the YMCA, why don't you join the YMCA day? So I we went to the YMCA and there was a Taekwondo class. And I said, mum, I was 13. I said, mum, that's what I want to do. That is definitely what I want to do. She said, Well, if you only if you're sure, because I've got to pay for it. I said, Oh, yeah, I'll take. And uh, Chris, I must say, it was the only thing I'd done in my life so far that far that I was a total natural because I had the physique. I was extremely supple. I was like, I was like rubber, mate. So I was just a, I was lucky. I was a born natural.
0: Yeah, took to it like a duck to water, mate. Bit like me, mate, really, because I I go taekwondo twice a week. Oh, and great. I, as you can obviously see, I've got the looks, I've got the body, and um, about yeah. well, slim. Yeah. I watch my son. Well, I watch my <laughs> son train. I was so supple. I could do what they call what I call the
1: banana splits because I'd put me heels on two chairs and <laughs> make a massive curve. I was so supple, it was. It was a joke, so I had, na- I had natural ability. Mm. I was very, very driven because I used to mess about doing kung fu in the back garden with my cousin, even since the age of about 10 or 11, playing around. And uh, basically Bruce Lee, it all stem from Bruce Lee. Because of course, we, we were, were too young in those days. You couldn't go to see the films, but I had a wonderful uncle, Uncle Bill, he used to tell me all about Bruce Lee. He used to buy me every book, every magazine, every poster. And I wanted to be Bruce Lee, basically. I wanted to be like Bruce Lee. So I started Taekwondo and did very well at it. Chris, he yeah, had become a career. I My instructors said, Dave's so exceptional. Let's put him in the tournament. Put me in a national British full contact all-styles championship. And I was young, really, as very young. But they sneaked me in the men's division. <laughs> and I won it. Quest for the champions, that was.
0: Yeah, Bruce win Lee was sung. I a
1: string of English and British titles. And then uh, I did have a brief spell, tried to join the British Army. So uh, I had this crazy idea at 18. I think I was about eight, just over eight stone ringing wet. And I wanted to be a para. I don't know why, Chris, but I just got it in my mind, my tiny mind, that I wanted to be a para. But I, you know, I was disillusioned a bit in the end, and I had a go. I failed a back squatty three times, fell P company three times. I wanted a fourth go, and they stopped me. They thought I was a bit of a psycho. They said you failed three times, me. I wanted another go, but they stopped me. So I came out, but look Well, I came out just before. Fortman's War kicked off in 1992. And then I went to Italy with a group of people called the United Kingdom Taekwondo Association under the great leadership of Dave Oliver. If anyone knows the name Dave Oliver, my God. Most successful English-British coach ever. The greatest British Taekwondo team ever. and proud to say I was a member of it twice. You know, So we went to the European Championships, won that and then in uh, 1984 we beat the greatest ever the undisputed usa super team they were Waco and pka which is professional kickboxing association undisputed world champions and they got a big shot because we beat them so the taekwondo association great britain england team beat them i was lucky to make that team because the lightweight uh, the the number one was Ron, a man called Ron Sergiu, a good friend of mine. But he was injured; he had a bad knee injury. So they called upon me as the number two, and luckily we all won. So there's a bit of an
0: intro. I got into the martial arts, Chris. Yeah, what's it like then when you're going to go in for a scrap? It it I think. Are are you terrified? Are you you calm? How do you build yourself up for that? Well, I don't know, but
1: ever since, I think it was just because when I went into taekwondo, also, actually, reminded me, when I was very young, I got a very... uh, I went to see him the other month, actually. My boxing coach, Les bless his heart, he's 96 now, and he... he, yeah. He started teaching me boxing from a young age, you see. So I was learning to box as well as Taekwondo. And no, I didn't really fear it because I, I think it was just my mindset. It was just me. And I think, like I say, Chris, to be honest, I was lucky that I was so naturally talented. I was very, I was very gifted naturally. And so that helped a lot. Yeah. So, no, not really. In fact, I tell you, at that tournament, I think of this, I, I could see this uh, my opponent looking at me and sort of sniggering with his coach. Yeah, look at him. He's only a brown belt because he was a black belt and he looks young and skinny. And I whacked him as hard as I could with uh, a straight punch in the solar plexus and knocked him out in the first round. Knocked him out. It was less than a minute of the fight. Yeah. You know. So it was definitely something there, Chris. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what, Dave, I'm just going to I say think now. Like, like you, Chris,
1: you went on to be Royal Marine, which I have great respect for. You, you, you found your calling in life. And I think that's happened to me. I found my calling in life. Some people, sadly, maybe don't. They don't reach their full potential
0: because they did not find the thing that is suits them the most yeah writing was the thing that suited me the most so i didn't find that until i was 38 <laughs> i think oh, no no but there you go you see
1: yeah was, I'll, I'll run to say something there chris i was completely useless at school at sports oh my god the teacher i think he, he, he nearly wanted to give me an f i think i got an e or something <laughs> You know, I got really bad grades in sport because it didn't interest me. I wasn't interested in football. I didn't like football at all. Mm. And yeah, I used to get kicked off the field and told to go and do a run because I tried to kick someone in the head. We <laughs> want to become food kicks. I tried to, tried to kick them in the head or something.
0: Yeah, I was a bit of a nightmare at school, but I went on to become world champion. How, how does that happen then? How, what, How do you become world champion?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Well, in the martial arts, as I say, we were lucky because um, in the in the UKTA and TAGB these associations under the great leadership of Dave Oliver and Bob Howe, they're always looking for talent. My instructor, blessing, Malcolm, he took me he took me to Leicester, Leicester YMCA, and that's where we met the world champion Ron Sergue. We started training there. And he's sort of put me forward. He said, this is my best lad. This is Dave. And he, he sort of said, wow, yeah, he's really, he looks really good. He's international material. So they, they'd already, then he talked to the head coach. And that's how, how I, got, I got spotted, I think. And I started then going, I had a very good instructor. He's very proactive. He tried me everywhere. Take me to squad training, England squad training. I got into it. And that's how you progress. And then, of course, your big chance comes up one day when you get selected for the England team. It's like going through selection with the forces, you know. You've got to be in it to win it, man. You know, you've got you, you just go for it. Yeah, what... Well, yeah. uh, Actually, on the, on the note of the Royal Marines, I want to say that I followed, for 1984, incidentally, I followed the Royal Marines fitness course. There was a book that I bought. And I did that because we had to be super fit because the USA super team were, well, they were undisputedly the best kickboxing team in the world. So we knew, I knew it wasn't any messing around with these guys. So I trained professionally six days a week, hours, several hours a day, I'd be training. I do the Royal Remains Fitness in the gym. I'd start the day with my running coach, a 10 mile run, road run in the morning. We could do that in 50 to 55 minutes, which is not bad considering we're not runners really. It was just part of my training. So do the run, get back, have a little break, then go into the weight room, do the weight training, have a break, go home for dinner, relax a bit, go back in the afternoon. I've got all the gym work to do then. That's when I'd start on the Royal Marines course. And then after a break and uh, my tea and everything, I've got to do my training at night. Uh, Super fit, absolutely super fit. Mm. As you well know, Chris, if you follow the Royal Marines, you're going to be very fit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't say I was ever that, to be honest. I didn't get fit until I was... You must must have been mate because you made it and they're, they're the elite. Wow. I'm
1: a big fan of the British forces, all of them, and I think they're marvelous. I think the the British soldier, whether he's a Royal Marine, a parachute regiment soldier, or SAS or SB, they're the best in the world. And they taught the world how to soldier. They say about the Americans, they've got all all the gear and no fucking idea. (laughs) They've got all all the expensive kit. But a basic soldier, I was trained by Peter Macalise. He trained me in unarmed combat, so I've done CQB with him. And I don't think there's finer there's finer soldiers in the world. But there's a lot of people I know. It's a big argument, you know. US Navy SEALs, they're the best. SEAL Team Six, they're the best in the world. But who taught the world how to be a special forces soldier? None other than the British SAS. And I'm very proud to say that I'm a friend of not only Peter McAleese, I've worked with him, but Rusty Furman, the legend, absolute legend, the hero of the Iranian embassy siege in 1980, who led the assault. Wonderful man.
0: Yes, him and
1: all... I just want to f- say, Chris, before I, I ramble on too much, but just say big shout out for everyone, anybody who served, ladies or gentlemen who served, whether uh, for the British Armed Services. Well done, thank you for your service.
0: Yeah, well, let's just say, I don't think the veteran's service is over uh, just yet, mate. But that's another uh, conversation okay, from now. Okay, do you now. want to talk about more interesting stuff? Yeah, let's talk about Bangkok and-, and Now we're talking, mate. Yeah, what a fascinating place. Well, it all, I'd say it all
1: stemmed, Chris, from a good friend of mine, because I I started to branch out in martial arts. So from Taekwondo to boxing, then Thai boxing, that's how the Thailand connection came. And my friend lived there and he said, Dave, you'd love Thailand. He said, why don't you come over, you know, you can work on your Thai boxing with the real world champions and you will love it over here. You'll absolutely love it in Thailand. So that's exactly what I did. And I got a local company to sponsor me to go to train on a on a, one of the top Thai boxing camps, which is called Sit Yod Tong Payakuru, Sit Yod Tong Camp, and it's near Pattaya City, and um, you know, which many people know the seaside town. Call it I call it Soo on Sea. There's more birds there than anywhere the rest of Thailand. But yeah, so this camp was just in a in a little village just outside there. That was amazing because my training partner was none other than Samat, Samat Payakari, who is anyone who knows Thai boxing will know that name. He was classed as the best ever Thai boxer of his era, and he won a world boxing title on top of that. Absolutely amazing guy. So that, that, Chris, is the sort of level that I train with you. And these guys and you have do a bit it from, of experience, don't you,
0: Chris, from Bangkok? Yeah. I was just saying, look at the shape of my nose. You can, can got to be it.
1: very careful because I, I want to say this for warning. It doesn't matter. I knew some American lads. They were huge, big, big lads, really big, huge. They were tall, big bodybuilders. But you get 10 tyres around you, all talled up, mate doesn't matter how big you are. They'll soon chop you down to size. The ties don't fight fair. And if they think you're a bit of a threat, well, they just have five of them or 10 of them waiting for you. I know because I used to be a bar manager over there. Which bar did there. you manage? Yeah, that's a great, great, great times. There's a place in, in Bangkok called Nana Plaza. And I was very lucky to run one of the best for many years. Six years I ran Hollywood. It was on the top floor of Nani Plaza. And then after that, I left. There was a fantastic. Many people say the best ever show bar that's ever in Thailand. It's, we've won awards and everything. Angel Witch Rock Dancers. Angel Witch Rock Dancers. Absolutely fantastic club. We well, three years in a row, they won Best Go-Go Bar in Bangkok. They won the award and Patia. Voted by the U.S. Navy best club in Pattaya, great honors. So they've got the awards behind it. But they, they I can't take all the credit. I was just the manager. The owners were 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 ingenious. But ironically, it was a German man and a Thai ladyboy, and she was full sex change. But she was they extremely creative with the stage shows. They, and all of their shows were unique. And guess what happened one day? One of my friends said, Dave, you've got to get down. Get down here now. I said, what's up? Is a, what's going on? He said, you'll never believe he's just walked into one of their bars. Steve Tyler from Aerosmith." I said, you're joking. Yeah? He said, no, get down here now. So I had a plan that I put into operation. And I said, hello, Stephen. May I call you Steve? And he said, you may, man, you can call me what you want. You man, man. And I said, I'd like to introduce you to Angel Witch, where we're going to perform a show for you to your song, Dream On. And he said, yeah, man, that sounds great. Let's do it. (laughs) So there I am sitting with Steve Tyler in Angel Witch and I get my top girl to do the show, which, of course, was already in the show repertoire. So it was it, it was a choreographed show. He loved it. He said, that was fantastic, man. He, he absolutely loved it. What a, a super guy he is. He loves his fans. You know, he just looked, you know, he, he's really, really an amazing guy. I tell you, just went to the toilet and the bodyguard was right next to him. And he walked out and he goes, hey, Dave, what's through there? And I said, that's the girls change <laughs> He like, pulled the curtains over and just dived in. That was Steve Tyler, amazing guy, really. Amazing. That's just one of many stories, Chris. Yeah, it's an amazing place, but the the top people go there, of course. I had a very good friend called Dave Walker. Now, he served with the British Army. I don't know, sorry, what regiment, but he he served in Northern Ireland. Although he was Canadian, he joined the British Army and served in Northern Ireland. He was a fantastic guy, Dave. He went on to be a journalist. And uh, any, any, Body in town because of course being a journalist he knew who was in town he used to bring all the famous guys to it, and one day I couldn't believe who walked out I thought there was some kind of raid I said what's going on here who are these people there's an entourage of about Thai eight, eight I think eight Thai men serious looking guys and I thought well that's a security team that's that can't police or is it army well is this some kind of raid and in they walk with steven seagal the hollywood movie star <laughs> and you're not going to believe it chris but guess what bar i worked in guess what it was called hollywood <laughs> i'm not joking it's on the top floor it's called hollywood yeah uh, that was the truth and just to meet him i mean you know what I'm like, motor mouth me as I just talk, talk, talk. I was silent. My I couldn't speak. Steven's a gal. Well, wow, that was that was impressive. But the did best you- one I ever, ever met was definitely Steve Tyler because I made it all happen and we did the show for him to his song. Yeah. But met a few. Yeah. And the same guy again, Dave. He said, You're never gonna guess who's just walked into your bag. Go on. Who is it this time? He said, it's Oliver Stone. I said, what, the Hollywood movie director? He said, yeah, they're doing a movie in town. And the guy with him was very, a very, very nice guy, very humble. And we're still friends to this day. And that was the former world, light middleweight, boxing champion, Gary Stretch. And he was absolutely lovely bloke. And he was one of the only people to ever beat Chris Eubanks. He's, he's a wonderful lad, Chris, a wonderful lad. But Gary's my boy, yeah. One day he surprised me and my boss. He walks in with this holder, drops it on the floor. And he's, I thought, what's going on here? And he said to me and my boss, he said, I've got something to show you, lads. And he pulled out, he says, try down for size, Dave. And he gave me the WBC belt, the, the world title belt. Yeah, amazing guy, Gary. Lovely,
0: lovely lad. There are just a few stories there, Chris. Mm. So, we want to hear about some fights, though, mate. Come on. What, what scraps did you see and, and, and who got hurt? Right. I think, actually, you'd be a little bit surprised. But
1: mostly, people are, are going over to Thailand. They're having such a great time. You don't really see so much trouble. And especially now, they've got professional security teams on the front of Nana Plaza. Really good. They're, re- they're really good. They check bags when they come in. The security checks. They, they check girl, uh, the, the girls the girls that come in They check their IDs that they are of age, got to be at least 18 to work in a bar. It's all very good now, I must say. They, they, they might even stop you and say, and look in your bag make sure they're not bringing any weapons in or drugs or anything. It's very, very good now. So, you know, people, I think it's not like the. But when I first started, Chris, my God, it was like the Wild West. I know a bar, a bar owner. He went to one bar, this is how bad it used to be years ago. And he said, I'm going, I'm going to this bar, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get some girls. You know, we just didn't say anything then. We thought, well, this is not going to end very well. And he's, he's sitting around, he's buying them all drinks. He starts handing out his name card, which is something you don't do. I mean, sort of other gentleman's agreement. You don't go handing your name card out to the girls. That's di- di- liber- deliberately poaching them. You're trying to steal the girls. And he gets this jab in his ribs. Yeah. And the bar owner, crazy woman, pulled a gun on him. Yeah, she shoved a barrel in his ribs. She said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That's what it was like. It was like the Wild West, man. Yeah. There's, well, I, I'll tell you a story. Not so much fights. There's a crazy policeman. And he, uh, tomb, His name is Toon. So we call him Toon the Loon, I call him. Toon the Loon. Oh, my God. We're in a downstairs bar. It used to be rough and ready in those days. And there was rats running around. And he'd go boom, and he was a terrible shot. He missed the rat completely. <laughs> and everyone's ducking and diving from ricochets. I'm <laughs> okay, crazy. That's two in the loom, lets his gun off in the bar, trying to shoot the rats. That complete nutters. But you're talking about Pat Pong. Well, one of my friends was down there, and what they do, you've got to be careful because they say it's a bit like Soho. You've got to think Soho. They go, oh, we have a special show for you, sir. Yeah, I think it's going to cost you a lot of money. And it's just a rip-off, like they, they used to do in And uh, My friend said, no way, I ain't paying it. And he got the bike guy by the scruff of the neck. But the guy stuck a gun in his face, Chris. I mean, I don't, don't mess about in them days. But I must say now, it's, it's a lot better. It's not, you know, there's not really so many guns there's not really so many no nowhere near as many guns now they just get arrested yeah yeah but not you wouldn't you wouldn't actually not so so many punch-ups just to think people are just you know you're generally having too good a time you know but the Thai lads do not mess around and they will they will in the war of, they will they will win it. it you know if if they think oh, there's a there's a few of these lads, and they're quite big. Well, they'll double or treble the numbers to beat you. They'll get a gang of ten onto you, or yeah, you know, they they will win. They will win the, the battle. I will tell
0: you. Well, um, do often, they still do the? Do they still do the sex shows? It was all that banned now. Well, um, there was a massive clampdown,
1: and not so much now, uh, because there's a massive clump, clampdown by the Thai government. It was when it all started, really, when Prime Minister Taxin came in and he wanted to clean everything up and everything. But I I think, in a way, it's better because it's more regulated now. You know, for example, the girls have to be of age. They've got to be checked. It's not degrading shows like they used
0: to do in Patpong. I mean, yeah, it, it's cleaned up a lot. Yeah. Taxin divided the country, though, didn't he? Taxin Shinawa. Uh, yeah, he was very loved by the working-class ties, though. He won
1: them over. But I don't, get, I don't do politics, really, Chris. I don't like to get into it, but the big people in, in Bangkok didn't like him. Yeah, so that's why he was ousted, yeah. Yeah, he owned a um,
0: telecommunications company. I
1: have to say, but a lot of the emphasis has gone away from the bars now, but you can still have a fantastic time in Thailand. They're lovely people they really are And it, you know if you go to the islands there's absolutely stunning down south Phuket and Koh Samui Koh Phi, Phi Koh Banyang
0: absolutely beautiful yeah and so what's what's in the future for, for you Dave because obviously life's changed changed a wee bit now hopefully not yeah, too, um, hopefully not too changed much
1: a lot mate but I'm the sort of person, I don't, you know, I used to tell them in the hospital, I don't do self-pity, I just get on with life, I'm still, I've still got a life to lead, but I'm very lucky that, um, you know, the Taekwondo Association, we're in the GT UK, so the Global Taekwondo UK, under uh, Grandmaster Roy Oldham, and I've known him, he's like my big brother I never had, fantastic guy. And he's a grandmaster and he, he wants me back. And he said, uh, yeah, I want you back, Dave. And I've start, I made a start. I do their social media. And one skill I did learn in Thailand because I was trained by some professionals. It was how to be a photographer. But i got to say, Chris, there are a lot more interesting and lovely subjects to photograph in Thailand <laughs> than I'm going to have here, mate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, amazing,
0: amazing experience in Thailand.
1: You make, you make the most of life, though, and I, I have, a as I say, I'm lucky, they think the world of me over here in the GT UK, so I can't wait to get, and you don't know, I've seen some amazing guys, ex-forces, amputees, do some amazing stuff, and I wasn't world champion for nothing. I don't give up. You know, I'll, I'll get, I'll go back into it. But I just don't know to what degree, Chris, or How long it will take? It's a process. But but I always believe what got me through this really is to say to people is what I call PMA. Just have a positive mental attitude, and it will. It it's remarkable what it will do. It will get you you through things.
0: Absolutely, and uh, that that's clear to see. So, David, wish you all the best. I love talking about Thailand. Here in Thailand, Thai stories. We'll, um... Yeah, it's been you know it's been a good podcast, and maybe we do another one.
1: Then we could talk more about my stories about Peter McAleese, Save it for another time, and
0: maybe yes, yes, Peter. has been
1: talk all day. I want to try to write a book about it. Actually, Bangkok. Um, some of my obviously my memoirs but warnings to people, what to do and what not to do. Yeah, but it, it, I had a fantastic time there. There's a guy, um, unfortunately, many of us who were forced to leave Thailand, and a guy called Stickman, and he's got a fantastic website called stickmanbangkok.com. And one of the best compliments I've ever had, he called me Mr. Nana. And that's amazing to be named after a place. Oh, God, let alone named after a bar. I was named after the whole complex Nana Entertainment Plaza. Amazing. His last tribute to me was when I had to leave, forced to leave Thailand, because I did know a lot of people. I blogged about it, um, I had my own website. I was sort of like an ambassador for, for the place. So he, he, it was by bye, Mr. Nana. Nice tribute. But Brilliant. my life now is here, Chris. Like you, mate. I'm in City Street, and I'm back in England. But um, I want to finish by saying that the National Health Service is marvellous in this country.
0: Yes, it's, we have to protect it from Mister Branson, don't we? The, the thieving bastard. Um, do you know why Sorry. they do you know why they privatise companies? No, it's so they can sneak off all the technology. You know so they can get dabs, dabs well, what on, on. I'm trying to say, it's from a patient's perspective, I've been through it I've been through the mill mate,
1: I have four operations, I was in ten weeks, and I tell you they're absolutely marvellous, the doctors and nurses
0: Yeah, we've got to protect the NHS at all costs and uh, that ain't happening, at, that's not happening at the moment, you know so, so I just
1: wanted to say Chris, a big shout out for the National Health Service and the now, British forces, still the best in the world. Yes. they all and... might call us, like the EU or oh, the bloody British and all that. But I tell you what, they will not want to bloody fighters, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah. True, True isn't it, mate? You know. Yeah, you've just named two professions, though, that need to start uh, speaking up a bit. Because yeah. they're, um, you know, there's only so much you can keep quiet about before you you're not really respected and you're not doing the country any favours and fortunately that's that's starting to happen and massive big up to this nurse I'm, I I don't know her name but she's been on the AJ Roberts show and she's telling the truth about what's going on in in the NHS and we need to see more of it because um you yeah. know if you want to be a, you're a you want to be a legend? i say, Chris.
1: It's been a great uh, privilege for me to be on on your podcast. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah, no problem.
0: No problem. And, and I highly a, respect you for your service. Seven years with the Royal Marines, mate. I'd respect me more for my service now, mate. If I was you, because um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know there there is a struggle on.
1: War two now, Chris. It's going back to Thailand, and I won't have. Any of the headaches of being a bar boss, I'll just be on holiday. I'll be a tourist. I can enjoy myself. So, in time, and not only that, I'll take some beautiful photos and do a bit more traveling. See, watch one country which I haven't visited yet, say it's absolutely stunning is Vietnam. A lot of people talking about Vietnam now. People yeah. are fantastic, they're lovely, and it's a beautiful, picturesque place. Yeah. So I'd have to say, Chris, I think that's about it. Time's up, isn't it? Yeah. Long podcast. And thank you very much for hosting me. Great honour for me.
0: No problem. Just look after yourself.
1: Dave. Yeah, maybe
0: yeah. in another chat we'll
1: talk about my times with people like Peter McAleese, and my friendship with Rusty Furman, another SAS legend. Yeah. A few we- stories. Yes. Uh, we, thanks very much, Chris.
0: Yes, my pleasure. Just look after yourself, Dave, won't you? And I should just say to... I'll be all right. Yeah. I'm a survivor. Yeah, you will be all right. I can see that. Friends thanks, at home... up, mate. Yeah. Friends at home, hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. Um, if you can like and subscribe, that'll be wonderful. And see you all soon. Thank you.